Right, good afternoon everyone. Um, I hope you've had a good Easter. Um, it's good to see you all. Um, the passage that we're looking at um, this afternoon is um, the evening of Easter Day. Um, at this stage, the disciples are still um, not quite sure what is happening. They have um, heard what Mary uh, Magdalene has told them about her meeting with Jesus in the garden. Um, they've probably heard as well, because in Luke's Gospel it records about the, uh, the, the two folk that were on the road to Emmaus, who then went back to tell the disciples about their encounter with the risen Lord Jesus then as well. But these guys were, um, were actually meeting together to comfort one another, to help one another. Um, but they were still pretty confused about what was going on. They probably were not that proud of how they had done um, over the whole Easter um, thing that had happened about Jesus, and they weren't quite sure about all of that. And so they met together, and they were there behind locked doors um, in this room. And because they were frightened, they were scared of what... um, the Jews had done to uh, to Jesus, and they were scared that that was going to happen to them as well. So this is a little bit over the top. This this picture here of all these locks and the doors, but you've got that sense that these people were really um, were really anxious. They were really scared about what was happening and what was going on. And into this situation, um, Jesus comes to them. And one of the first things that I want to say to us um, uh, this afternoon is that all around our world there are churches that are meeting in situations where they are scared of what the authorities might do to them. Um, In places like China, in places like North Korea, in places like Iran, and all over our world there are churches that are meeting um, today who are really scared of what the authorities might do to them if if they get caught. So we need to be people that pray for those folk who actually hold them up. But also there can be metaphorically sometimes in our churches, a locking of the doors in terms of us wanting to stay safe from our society, stay safe from what is around around us and to protect that. Um, But what Jesus says to both people in persecution and people who meet in fear of any kind is that he will come and he will meet with us whatever we are in, whatever circumstances that we face, because he promises that in his word, and we read that in Matthew 18.20, that where two or three are gathered, that he is going to be there in the midst of us. So he's going to meet with us and he's going to come. So these people were anxious, they were worried. And the first thing that Jesus says to them is what? He says, peace. Peace be with you. This is the normal uh, Jewish greeting of shalom, which is something that in Jewish society still is, is something that is spoken about and is actually said into people's lives. And this was not just an absence of um, stress uh, or an absence of difficult things. What this was actually speaking about, this was a well-being, a rightness, and a particularly a right relationship with God. And on this first Easter day, this shalom, this peace, um, this was probably the most radical piece that Jesus could speak into these people's lives because through what he had done on the cross, through that um, 
forgiveness that he was able to bring into their lives through what he had done for them, through this new relationship that he had opened up for them to come into, they could experience right relationship with God for the first time. They could actually know God's peace and God's love flowing into their lives. Jesus said earlier to them, he said this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And for us this evening, um, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we are actually dealing with in our lives, we can still know that peace of God that surpasses understanding, as one of the old translations uh, gives it, where we can experience that peace in, in our lives. Um, the world, um, the, Jesus came and he brought peace between us and his heavenly Father. He brought peace between us and one another as well as he broke down those dividing barriers through what he did on the cross for us. Um, in the world, a lot of people are looking for peace. And they're looking for it in all sorts of different ways, whether that is through um, alcohol, whether that is through possessions, whether that's through relationships, whether that is through um, lots of different things, success, as the world will define it. But the only true source of peace is actually found in the Lord Jesus. And we can experience that for ourselves and we can share that type of peace with the world that is around us as we can speak God's peace and as we can help them to come into God's peace in knowing that. And for these people, they needed to do that. They needed to experience God's peace. So Jesus goes on to say, after he says, peace be with you, he doesn't say, obviously you guys have had a really tough time. Go on a holiday. Um, this looks lovely, doesn't it? You just sort of love to be in that hammock there just by the sea. He doesn't say that. What he says to them is, he recommissions them again, and he says to them, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And he reminds them again of what the purpose is in them coming to follow him for the in the first place. He brings them back, and um, the stories that we read right at the very beginning of um, their experience of Jesus, where the disciples were, were fishing, and Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So right from the very beginning, as they come and follow Jesus, the whole intent was that they should actually become fishers of men, that the whole purpose was to bring this good news, to bring this message to people around them. And for us, um, Jesus came as God's messenger to the world. He became a man, and he came to communicate the word of God. He came to communicate God's message to the people of the world. And what he was saying to the disciples, and what he's saying to us as well today is, that we have now become his messengers too. And we're not only people that receive God's grace, we are people that he calls to actually be dispensers of his grace, dispensers of his love, dispensers of his mercy to the people that are around us. That may be to just one-to-one. -one. Um, and so tomorrow, um, for us, as we go into our workplaces, as we go into our classrooms, as we um, spend time with family, um, as we spend time with neighbours, God calls us to be his witnesses, to be his messengers 
in those situations to bring the good news of his gospel. He calls us to do that to groups. He calls us to do that to, to large groups um, around us uh, that we can bring this good news of who he is and of what he has done. For these disciples, they could have stayed in that locked room and been very safe knowing Jesus and knowing what Jesus had done for him. But praise the Lord, they unlocked the door and they went out and they actually started to tell people the good news of the gospel. And for each one of us here today, this afternoon, there will be people in our lives who have actually stepped out and who have come and have actually spoken the gospel into our lives. It's been really interesting. One of the things that we are going through at the moment as a church is this whole membership business. And one of the things that we're having to do is to write out our testimonies um, to actually do that, which is actually quite difficult because this is going back. When I worked out, it's almost 40 years since I came to faith. That's a long time. A lot of things have happened. But looking back at how I came to, to, be, to become a Christian, I grew up in a, a family which went to church. We were religious. We didn't know Jesus. And we didn't have a relationship with him. We went to church. And we, it did, we just did that. But um, my father was a farmer. So we lived out in the countryside. And one of our nearest neighbours um, had a couple of kids that were the same age as me and my brother. And they became Christians. And through their minister, a new minister came to their church. It wasn't the same church as us. And he really spoke clearly the gospel into their lives. And they became Christians. And they at this stage were um, 11 and 13 and within a week of them becoming Christians, they, at, their, at their church there was no youth fellowship, there was no Christian group. So this minister had taken them in and actually introduced them to a bunch of, of Christians um, who met in this interdenominational <coughs> sort of hall in the middle of nowhere and um, that did children's work and did youth work. And so they came to my family at that age and they invited all of my family to come with them and to go to this uh, children's meeting and also to this Christian Youth Fellowship and um, the rest of my family went I didn't go because I thought that sounded a bit sissyish and wasn't really part of my life plan to go along with these people at this stage I was in year um, 6 equivalent so I was in the upper age of primary school I was too big for that sort of stuff but I'm done with all of that um, and my family came back and they were really enthusiastic about what had happened and about these people that they had met and about the messages that they had heard and so I went the following week and not immediately, but over a couple of years, these people who loved Jesus and who loved me and who prayed for me actually took me through how to become a Christian. I came to faith about two years later. And so did my sister. And so did my older brother. And so did my two younger brothers. And so did my dad. And so did my mum. Through that initial contact of those people just going and just inviting me and my family to come to this meeting. So this afternoon, I want to encourage us that we need to be people who actually go and speak that message into people's lives and who pray about the people that are around us and ask God, who is it that you want me to bring this message to? Who is it that you want me to talk to? And that might be tomorrow, just having a chat about the fact you've been to church today and what actually happened and what went on. It may be, as stuff happens in home group where prayer is answered, that you actually just share with people about, about what has happened and that God has actually answered prayer. It may be that there's a really good Christian book that you're reading and you think, actually, this might be something that's really helpful to this person. And again, I mean, going back many years ago, um, uh, Rob Parson did a book, 60 Minute Father, 
And I, I was just a new dad at that stage, and there was one of the guys that I was working with who also was a fairly new dad, who wasn't a Christian, and he actually started reading that book with me. Um, and that was really, really helpful to him. So I think there's things that we need to do, or whether it's giving a Bible to someone, it's not just the Gideons that have exclusivity on giving Bibles to people. You can, all of us can do that. But we need just to prayerfully look around and see how can we be people that communicate that message with the people that we interact with, with the people that we come into contact with. But also for us as a church at KCC, we need to think about and pray about how can we reach out to the community in which God has put us here because he has called us as individuals and as a church to be his messengers in this place, to bring this good news to the people of this town, to the people around us. And that's something we need to be actively thinking and working towards. There isn't, a, in John's Gospel, there isn't the Great Commission, but there is in Matthew. And that's what he is saying here. Open up these doors and get out there and start bringing the good news of the Gospel to the people that are around you. But like these guys, we're scared. And one of the big things that can hold us back is fear. Fear of what might happen to us. Unlike these guys, um, it's unlikely that any of us are going to end up in jail or being executed. That's a pretty unlikely thing to ha- for us to happen in this country. Other countries is different. But we're scared of other stuff. We're scared of how people might perceive us as being some kind of Jesus freaks. Um, or some sort of weird things or not wanting to associate us, uh, associate with us or be with us. And again, we need to remember those people that brought the good news of the gospel to us and we need to be people that step out. But also as we step out, God does not call us to go and do work for him. He calls us to go and do work with him. He wants to be there by his Holy Spirit in our lives. And so in this passage, we, we read about how Jesus breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And a little bit it was like the way that God breathed into Adam and gave him life right at the very beginning of creation. And he breathes into us and he gives us life, new life in him. But he also gives his, us power through his Holy Spirit to actually do what he calls us to do. We have this lovely picture in Matthew that Jesus again speaks about here. And he talks about taking my yoke upon you, upon you um, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, God calls us into working with him. And it's got this picture of us actually working alongside God, God's Holy Spirit, to do these things. So it's not that this is going to be really heavy or burdensome or, or difficult. As we let God do these things in our lives, as we trust him, as we pray into these situations as we trust God and step forward in the power of his Holy Spirit, he will enable us to actually bring this message to people. He will be able, enable us to communicate that. And again, in this very um, commonly read passage in Zechariah, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my Spirit. So it's not about how good we are, how gifted we are, how able we are, and I don't want to denigrate any of the people who are really gifted evangelists. Praise the Lord for them. They are fantastic people. We want to support them and to, to encourage them. But for each one of us, God calls us to step out, no matter what our situation might be, to step out with this good news and to be part of what he has called us into doing, to be part of his work and to part of what he calls us to do. So we come to Thomas. Thomas. 
um, which um, is a real challenge to us, Thomas. Um, we have no idea where Thomas was um, whenever Jesus appeared to these disciples. Um, the lovely thing was that for some people, they deal, we all deal with grief, we all deal with difficulties differently. For Mary Magdalene that we read about and heard about last Sunday, um, she wanted to be close to the body of Jesus. She wanted to be there. She wanted to be doing practical stuff. For the rest of the disciples, they wanted just to be together um, and actually comfort one another and just to help one another. So Thomas may have been off processing stuff by himself and just needing that bit of space by himself to do that. We don't know. Maybe it's a family thing that he needs to do. We, we're not sure. But what we do know is that Thomas, whenever he was told about what the experience of the other disciples were, he completely and utterly rejected what they said to him. He knew these guys. He'd been with them for the last three years. and He knew what they were like. But Thomas actually almost calls them liars, um, that they're deluded, that they've obviously not got this right. And so what Thomas said, unless I see for myself and put my fingers into the nail, um, um, the nail prints, and put my hands inside, I will not believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. And for each of us here this afternoon, we will know people like Thomas, um, who unless they see something through a telescope or through a microscope, they don't believe it. They need all the evidence. They need cast iron guarantees before they will actually believe or do anything. Thomas was what we would call a cynic today. He was someone that just didn't believe it unless it was absolutely proved. But what God would have, and Jesus said to Thomas, he was gracious, Jesus was gracious to Thomas. He didn't say, Thomas, that's it, you've had it. You don't believe the evidence. You don't believe what's been said. He actually came and he met with Thomas. And so sometimes for people who are cynics, God actually has to come and meet with them in a really special way. But also what he said to Thomas was, stop doubting and believe. And so this afternoon, if you are a Thomas, not named Thomas, sorry Thomas, but if you are a cynic like Thomas, who says, okay, I, I'm not. I, I want to be convinced by this. I want to have a, an actual encounter with God before I will believe what He says. What What Jesus says to you this afternoon is: Stop doubting and believe. As Wayne said earlier on, the evidence already is there. We've been reading about this, and, and this whole Gospel of John has been written for us to be able to see who Jesus is, to be able to see what He did to be able to see what he achieved upon the cross for us. And we hear that testimony from people around us who we can trust and believe about what God has done in our lives, how we have experienced that, uh, his new life and that new relationship with him. And so this afternoon, if you're in that place of doubt, stop doubting and believe. Come and follow Jesus because that's the that only way you're going to experience God's peace, God's love, God's forgiveness, all the good things that he has waiting for you in, in, in your life. So this afternoon, if we need to experience the peace of God in our lives, Jesus says, I can give you peace. Through what I've done on the cross for you, I can give you peace that surpasses all understanding. He says to us this afternoon that he calls us 
into a purpose. He wants us to be his messengers, to be his um, witnesses to the people that are around us, the people that we interact with, the circle of friends that we have. And that he, through the Holy Spirit, will give us the power to enable us to do that. And for those of us who are doubting, to stop doubting and to believe. This afternoon, if you are someone, because of what you're going through in your life, who needs to really have God's peace flow into your life, we would really love to pray with you. So please come and see Wayne or I at the end. Um, We will uh, either pray with you ourselves or we will direct you to someone who can actually pray with you. If you are someone at the moment who is struggling with doubt in your life, again, come and talk to one of us afterwards. We would love to pray with you and we would love um, to, to help you on that journey. If you're someone today who's, who's really feeling I'm up against so much stuff and I need God's power and God's enabling in my life to be able to do what I believe he's called me to do, please come and talk to us. We would love to pray with you and to pray the power of God's Holy Spirit into your life and what you face with him.